Jean Capri, and welcome to We The Gamer Cast. It publishes on podcast services and youtube.com slash Capri every single Monday. Patrons get it first. Thank you guys for subscribing, for hitting the like button, for telling your mom, for telling your friends, for telling your dad, for telling your dad's friend um, that you didn't know that he had. Why does your dad, your, is it weird when your parents have friends and you're like, what are you, what are you spending time with them for? I would like to see you. Why don't you call me sometime, mom? It's kind of reverse, I think, than what it normally goes. How are you guys? I'm so glad that you're here. This is a this is a good one. It's our, I already require you. I know. You don't know. Isn't that a weird thing? I don't think I've ever pointed this out, you guys. I know exactly what happens in this episode, and you don't. That's why you're here. Unless you skipped ahead. Unless you did. Hmm. Maybe some of you do a Pulp Fiction kind of version of this show, and you listen to the conversation, and then you go to the intro, and then you go to the... Oh, my gosh. Tell me if you do that, but I'm getting... Pretty far ahead of myself because if you're new, here's the deal. Every week I have sweet hangs with a stranger from the internet. We talk about life and video games. And if you want to be on the show, just tweet at me at Sean Capri. Sean like Connery. Capri like the pants. Now, you guys, uh, I, I have just a couple things I need to tell you about. I am. This isn't this isn't really new, but it's pretty um, it's pretty it's impacting my life to a significant degree right now. I don't know what to play next. I just finished. God of War 2018. It was on the PC that I played it. Thank you to our friends at PlayStation Canada for providing the code. The reason I bring it up now is because I finished it last week. I rolled credits on it. I believe this is the second game that I have rolled credits on in 2022, which is not too bad because we're, what, five weeks into this sucker? Son of a gun. So um, I've got actually a spreadsheet that Jace over at twitch.tv slash Ridge. He provided me with this spreadsheet, and I like a good spreadsheet. This is a good spreadsheet, and I'm I'm a little behind in keeping track of it, but what it does I, is, is, is just like day-to-day, what have I played day-to-day? All the games, and it's it's a lot. I will say, like, there's I, I definitely go a couple of days without updating this thing, um, but what I want to have is by the end of 2022, going by, like, month by month, day by day, rainbow column by rainbow row, what did I play in 2022? And for the most part, like, it's not really a big deal, except for the fact that here I find myself playing PlayStation games, PC games, Nintendo Switch games, Xbox games, and Patriot games. I don't know. I was like, there's got to be something there. And shout out to anybody who knows what Patriot games are. I think it was, was a Harrison Ford, Jack Ryan. Is that what that was? I feel like I remember it in my, my grandpa's VHS tape collection but in any case uh the games are all over the place and it's hard to keep track of all the things especially like uh pc i guess steam keeps track but i mean there's steam there's epic there's the ubisoft stuff there's the whatever uh i mean xbox all those things right so, and nintendo like god for, like nintendo's not keeping track of my stuff come on man uh so i don't know like by the end of the year i'm like i, I sometimes have a hard time going what have i what did i even play in January. So I like that this is a thing. Uh, so I'm keeping track of that. But the reason I bring up God of War in addition to all of this is because you guys can go over to the PlayStation Drive and listen to my full on review, spoiler free plus spoiler filled review with Matt from the PlayStation Drive. We recorded that last week and I had a had an amazing time, man. Um, spoilers on my review. I think it's one of the best games I've ever played in my entire life. And uh, if you want to know what I'm thinking about that, please go listen to it on the PlayStation Drive or all the content that we make here at Yumi Capri. You can get very easily at patreon.com slash Yumi Capri. I'm going to take that segue that I did not plan, but it sort of spilled out of my mouth right now. If you guys want to support everything that we do here at Yumi Capri, go to patreon.com slash Yumi Capri, just like some 
70 plus members over at patreon.com slash Amy Capri, like our Capremium producers, Dallas Ford, Lee Navarro, the fearless leader of the Phoenix Overdrive Extra Life team. I just joined. You should join extra-life.org and join the Phoenix Overdrive Extra Life team. Uh, raise money for those kids. Jonathan Brown, the man behind the music on the Xbox Drive and the Nintendo Drive. You can download his latest, el- his, his latest album, In My Element, on Spotify and Apple Music. If you haven't um, left Spotify, <laughs> I guess, recently. Platinum producers Robbie Bobby Miller and Trucker Sloth, recent member and le- recent guest on this show. Gold members Argo, Brendan Myers, Dallas Robbins, Dano, Emily O'Kelly, Foolish Fuji, Joel Brooks, Jose Jimenez, Mac Time, Marcus O'Neill, Mr. and Mrs. Nasty Boots, RJ Kern, Skitty Matt, Tony Baker, and Xavier Reyes. You guys are absolutely crushing it these days you are man my dreams like all the dreams are coming true especially thanks to all of our newest members at patreon.com slash yumi capri cypher primus court lalonde rebecca dads after dark show and nick metzger you guys are changing the world man holy crap there's so much stuff happening and more to come little little uh little teaser for you guys what else did i want to tell you guys about i feel like there was at least one of oh 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 the backtrackers there's one more thing that i want to and then I'll, I'll get you off to um get you off to the conversation with captain logan and it's a good one um some of you guys like playing games and you like talking to people about those games and once upon a time i had a guest named delroy i had a guest named marcus o'neill i become friends with both these guys and they decided to lead the community with the backtrackers, it's a video game book club, and uh, the next game that we that everybody's playing, you should be there. Is Spirit Fair? It is so great. Uh, it's by Thunder Lotus Games. The developer describes it as a cozy management game about dying. I don't think I read that sentence before I actually said it. Out loud. I was kind of like that was wrong energy for it. Uh, in it, you play as Stella, fairy master to the deceased, a spirit fair. Build a boat to explore the world, then befriend and care for the spirits before finally releasing them into the afterlife. I'm telling you guys a little off script here. This game is gorgeous. Uh, it is on Game Pass. It's also available on Switch, PlayStation, PC. You really owe it to yourself to play this, to experience it. And um, I got to jump in just for a quick moment to the backtrackers. They had a, they had a I guess they call it, you guys are calling them meetings? They had a meeting, they had a get together, a little, uh, little uh, rendezvous over the weekend um, to discuss Boyfriend Dungeon. And good group, man, and growing group. This uh, this time was bigger than the last time. The last time was a lot bigger than the last time. So you guys are going to want to be part of this. It is so cool that the community is driving this forward. I am a huge fan of Spirit Fair. And you know what? This might just take care of my whole, I don't know what to play next. The next meeting is scheduled for Saturday, March 5th at 11 a.m. Eastern time, right here in the Discord. It's free to join. You do not have to be a patron to do any of this stuff. You can be, uh, you can just be a listener, whatever you like. And tell your friends, the bigger, the better, the more, the merrier all that stuff. Thank you guys. And thank you, Marcus and Delroy for just crushing it. Now you guys, Captain Logan, uh, he is an incredible podcaster and, and even better, just an incredible person, man. Um, there's a moment in this, in this chat and I hope you guys catch it just a little, like something to pay attention to. I wasn't sure whether or not to, to push on it or not every night. Like maybe I'll jump back to the end, but there's a point in here where you could kind of see, I could go one way or it could go another way, but we go the one way. And I'm glad we did. I'm glad Captain Logan was here. I think you guys are going to enjoy this. So enjoy my conversation with Captain Logan. (music) 
Look at us with our microphones and I know. you got stickers all over yours. Actually, like I'm super jealous of that. These are uh, these are fun. This one was a roaming Megalodon, which was a part of a, a Sea of Thieves thing that we did. And mm -hmm. uh, they made stickers for it. So it was like a bunch of community members coming together and stuff. So you should do stickers next time you do uh, like the, the charity events and stuff. That way people can throw them on stuff. That's a good idea. Maybe I'll just mm -hmm. um, I'll, I'll sell patches of my skin that people can put. That works. Some sort know? of patches on. Yeah, I, I wouldn't think I would commit to a tattoo. But I don't I think mean, stickers are right. Yeah, they're they're kind of like temporary tattoos in a good way. Yeah, do like yeah. A, a full sleeve of of stickers because <laughs> I'm hardcore like that. You do face painting if you really wanted to. That would actually, yeah. Let's all just go get the the Mike Tyson, like whatever that is. <laughs> what is it? What is on his face? Like a claw or something? I'm not I don't sure. No, it's just a weird, weird tattoo <sighs> that he thought was fun at the time. I guess you like imagine waking up every morning, looking in the mirror and look and seeing like that's still there. Like that's the yep. that's forever, man, <laughs> on your face. Do you have any tattoos anywhere? I do. I have a Sea of Thieves one. Oh, there you go. Oh, snap. Oh, okay, that's that. That's one. awesome. And then I've got the uh, the uh, Harry Potter dark mark on this one. Oh wow! So and then I've got uh, Mario three from with the uh, raccoon tail and in the, yes. the hat on the back mm -hmm. here, and then a, a dragon on this side. So that Mario three, I love that. That Mario three was um, actually the theme of my wife. Our uh, when we got married, all of our invite stuff was Mario oh, three nice. themed. We actually made like. Um, it was a uh, we, we I took a picture of, of Peach where it looked like she was kind of like flying and I made them kind of hold hands like you know how he has his arms out yeah. so I had Peach kind of with her arms out and I paired them together so oh, it looked like so they were funny. flying together that's and so the cool. invites came in like a, it looked like an NES cartridge so you oh, opened wow. it up and that's where all our like details were about our cruise and everything oh, so that's yeah cool. um yeah I love like that artwork like really and you're wearing like you know mario shirt actually i'm wearing yeah. mario. look at it look at us we're like xbox podcasters we're all marioed out <laughs> I mean, at least you got the xbox roots, tattoo man. stuff i mean really yeah are you like a, you must are you an 80s kid yeah yeah, up in yeah. The 80s? Yeah. yeah yeah 82 was my birthday so or yeah. when i was born so it's all in the blood where did it start for you man um when i was seven uh yeah I was visiting, uh, my parents had, had taken me to Texas to visit some family. I had a bunch of mm -hmm. aunts and uncles and stuff. And uh, for my seventh birthday, they got me an NES. And I yeah. had no clue what it was. I had absolutely no clue. The only thing I ever knew about video games was uh, arcades were a thing. And I got yep. to visit, uh, there was like a Pac-Man or like anytime I went to the the dentist, my, yep. my, my dentist as a child, they had a, a Galaga machine in their nice. like an arcade cabinet so but it was only for the the kids that were just waiting around it was never for the kids that actually like were going for a reason so <laughs> i was always like looking across the hall and i was like oh i just want to go over there and play that but i can't because i'm, mm -hmm. I'm here to you know and i'm like well who, what kids are going to be at a dentist office not getting stuff done uh, seriously so. I don't know. It's, I never it's, it's really for the staff's kids, actually. <laughs> it's kind of like a makeshift kind of daycare kind of area for, for everybody over there. There was like this weird allure, you know, when you were a kid and there you could see an arcade or some games like off in the distance, but you couldn't play. Like, I don't know about you, but I was just like, I would always stare at it. 
Like oh, I remember yeah. we were watching like a, I was at a, the neighbor's house watching World Cup back in the day, like the the Italian family down the block and they had an NES down there and I never had it. You know, I, I actually had to, oh, I, every, all my NES days were at somebody else's house. And so when I saw what I'm like, so like, when are we going to like stop doing what we're doing so we could actually like go over there and play? Um, yeah. But, you know, you specified 82. I feel like 82 might be like one of the best years to be born and then live your life in video games like sooner than like earlier than that might be too soon you might like you know be playing nes or, or something like that when you're maybe a little too old like you got to experience it all like seven is a great age to yeah. jump into video games i feel yeah because you can yeah. remember it yeah there was a there was a, a good time where and it's and it's funny because the i don't remember what the what the actual birthdays were but mm. I remember uh, I had an NES and I remember my my birthday because of the NES. Yeah, just man. like I remember, like, I think it was my my 13th birthday. It was like 12 or 13 when I got my SNES. Yeah, and that was that was the birthday that I remembered. And it's like yeah. the, the, the ones that I remember are have always been game system birthdays. I've mm-hmm. never remembered any of the other ones before I was like 18 or something. Those are all just blurs. Do you, are you like, what's your, what's your situation? Are you married? Do you have kids? Like, are you single? Like what's your, what's your, uh, I am married. My wife and I, we got married about 10 years ago. Um, yep. we, we don't have any kids. We've, we kind of, when we first met up, it was always like, all right, here's, here's our, our religious perspectives. Here's our political perspectives. Here's our child perspectives, you know? Yeah. Just lay getting, out all the real stuff. Yeah. <laughs> when we started dating, it was like, all right, here's what I need from a relationship. Here's what I, I expect, uh, in, in my future. Do these line up before we even mess around with this? Yeah. Um, no kidding. So that was that was kind of the 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 way that got started. But yeah, no kids, just cats. We've always been big on cats just because they're they're fluffy and they make noise from time to time and we can cuddle them. And sometimes they run away, sometimes they don't. So it's always, you know, like it's it's always just a mishmash of never sure what's going on. But we don't have the the uh you know, the the fifty grand worth of of debt looming over our head for college no kind doubt. of thing, which is nice. So yeah. Okay. So that was, that was part of the discussion was like, look, I, I don't, I want to grow up and not have kids. That was kind of the, that yeah. was part of that outcome. Yeah. Which is weird for a gamer. Cause it's like, it feels like every gamer that I talk to is always like, I want to have a player too when I grow up, you know, or when I, when I, I know, have that's weird. Dude, I remember specifically saying like one day I think I might be a real bad dad. Like I, like, I don't know how to <laughs> know how to do that, man. Like I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think that I, I. I don't remember really growing up around a lot of other dudes who are like, yeah, I can't wait to be a dad. Like that's just not a thing that really, that really mm. happened. And I think it's totally. I think I wish more people kind of talked about that. Like that. Yeah. You're gonna just get married and you're just gonna like not have kids and for that to just be just the same as everybody who does anything else you yeah. know like i i don't think that it's right to put anybody in a position that like you should do this like why are you doing that like that dude like i don't know it's just not <laughs> arguably most people probably shouldn't have kids like i it's probably one other way to look at it yeah well you know, know? it's funny because i still get i still get questions from uh like co-workers and stuff like they'll, they'll oh, still be yeah. like oh you'll have kids and i'm like you realize i'm like 39 years old like it's mm-hmm. the, the time to have kids would have been like 10, 15 years ago. Like that was yeah. when I should have started having kids. But You're jinxing yourself now, man. That's no. not <laughs> <laughs> the nice, the, the, well, not the nice thing, but the, the interesting thing is, is that, um, my wife's side of the family are all sisters. 
and yeah. they were born with uh, two chromosomes that were crossed. So when we talk about like having kids, uh, every every woman has like a probability of having a miscarriage. It's not yeah, it's not wow. like a never have it kind of thing. It's like there's yeah. always an opportunity for it. And the chromosomes that determine that are flipped in her case. So her whole family has had nothing but miscarriages except for yeah. uh, a couple of them who've had successful births. So wow. and even with some of the kids that they've had, they've always had like uh, uh, issues with with birth, you know. So mm -hmm. uh, when we went into our, our relationship, my mother or my, my wife was in her second relationship. I was in my first and we kind of laid it down. And it was like, OK, well, the probability of us of, of us having a successful pregnancy without miscarriage is, is pretty, pretty low already. It's yeah. not something that we really am, am like striving to have. So mm -hmm. why don't why not just be each other's best friends for the rest of life? And yeah, just kind of what it's been ever since. That's amazing. How did you guys how did you guys meet? Uh, we met because of theater um, in Alaska. We, 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 uh, both did community theater. Funny enough, uh, when she was doing community theater, she was doing it as an escape from her marriage at the time, because she was in a very abusive relationship with an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so she was like trying to get away from that. I was going there because I was single and wanted to have fun in theater. So yeah. I got invited to uh, a karaoke after party from one of my buddies. And he's like, Hey, I just got done. We did, um, oh gosh, what show was it? I want to say it was uh, Pride and Prejudice. They did. Mm -hmm. So mostly women, couple dudes in the cast. He's yeah. like, hey, <laughs> I know you weren't in the show, but if you want to come hang out, the whole cast is at the at the karaoke bar down in, in uh, Wasilla, Alaska. And I was like, yeah, sure. I got nothing going on. I'm playing World of Warcraft. Mm -hmm. I can, I can. Oh, I got to come back that. to that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So that was that was kind of the the impetus is, is uh, when when I went to the karaoke bar, um, yeah. I, I sat down, hung out with my buddy, and then I wanted to go dance, which is a rare occasion for me. And I asked. That's what I was going to ask why. about this whole thing. It, is this a typical thing for you, like go out and just kind of like somebody invites you out or you do typically like go mm, maybe not tonight? I I'm a big in house person now, uh, but yeah. when I was when I was single, I used to go out a lot. In fact, I was yeah. I was probably a lot more outgoing to to put it mildly. Same. I won't I won't go Same. too deep into it, but yeah, yeah. I, I was very <laughs> I was a very flirty guy when I when I was in my twenties, um, mm -hmm. and so because of that, like I just you know any any excuse to go out and get out of my house uh, yeah. was was always fun. Um, but I also really loved video games and at the time where i was at in my life it was it was in alaska i had moved up there with my mom uh she this was after a couple of years after my dad had passed away so she's living with her her old high school buddy who's now her boyfriend and yeah we're just living up in this in in this cold area so like and i had nothing to my name except for the few the gamecube the Game Boy advance and my computer and yeah it was, it was either, you know, live in depression or get out and go do something. And theater was that escape. And I just happened yeah. to meet my wife as a result of that. That is absolutely wild. There's so much to unpack there. There's probably like a, <laughs> probably about six or seven threads there. Talk to me about moving to Alaska. Where were you moving from? And then like, what was that like? Cause it, it you know, I think for some people, I feel like when I think of Alaska, one of the first things that I think of, oddly enough, is like Wheel of Fortune and like winning some sort of like cruise <laughs> out of Alaska. They always made it look so like so yeah. glorious and glamorous and like white and picturesque and beautiful. And it's like 
I live in Northern Canada and like that's farther North than here. And like the reality kind of sets in to go like, is it all of that? Like, is it dark <laughs> and cold all the time? Tell me about Alaska, man. Um, so yeah, so I moved up to, uh, Alaska from Arizona because I thought, you know, oh my God, why not move to, from one extreme to the other? Holy if if anyone doesn't know, you know, living in Arizona, I spent, I grew up in Arizona and that was, you know, that was probably a good, I see it was 2005. So what are we looking at? Like 23 years of my life. Oh my God. In, in Arizona, used to the, the heat, totally yeah. fine with it. In fact, I, I still really love the heat. Uh, but you know, growing up in one place, you know, everyone in Phoenix yeah. is, was still a pretty small area and stuff. So, you know, I had mm-hmm. all my high school people there. I, I had all my college people there. I had, you know, been very promiscuous around down there. And it was just like, everywhere I go, I started bumping into people that I'd known. And after a while I was like, I need a change. And oh, uh, yeah. so my, my mom, because of my dad's death, uh was leaving and she mm-hmm. she left she decided she was going to come back and uh she needed to pick up some stuff and I was, she's she's like there's an open not in- invitation if you want to come to alaska it'll be a change if you want to get out and you just want to see some stuff you can come yeah. hang with me and uh, my boyfriend for a while and see how things go and i was like yeah why not let's say yes to something so we drove up there the, the whole alcan and oh, uh took, took the trip it took about a week for us to just do sightseeing and stuff all the way from Arizona all the way up to Alaska. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, the living in Alaska is different. Yeah. You you got, you remember when the, the 2008 crash happened and everyone lost their house and everyone was losing jobs and and it was a really hard time for, for the United States just in general, Mm -hmm. that didn't impact Alaska. Nothing changed for us. Everything yeah. was still the same. We heard about everything that was going on and it was just another day for us. Mm-hmm. That's how how segregated that that state is from the rest of the world. Uh so because of that, the 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 balance between men and women, because there's a lot of Air Force base up there, plus there's there's also just a lot of guys that love like, you know, living out in the woods and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh you're you're basically hanging around a bunch of dudes. Um yeah. And, and as much as I, I loved the scenery of Alaska, the people, uh, there are, are really weird and really, (laughs) (laughs) really, really strange, very set in their ways. Uh, so when you see, when you see like wheel of fortune and they're like, we're going to, we're going to take you on a cruise up to Alaska and stuff, you get to see the best bits. Like a cruise to Alaska is the best bits. You get to see the the icebergs and the glacial movements and stuff. You get to see all the little towns and you get to visit them and that they're, all those towns are completely set up just for those things. Totally. Uh, But when you're like dead set in Alaska and you're shoveling, you know, you know, feet of snow or, or, you know, (laughs) meters and meters of snow and you're just, Mm -hmm. there's one freeway in and out of the major town anchorage and yeah. if it ices over and people you know people start getting in accidents or you you walk wake up in the morning to go turn on the block heater for your car so you, your car will start yes if you walk outside and you see a moose looking at your car then you call into work like yeah that's just what you do it's it's yeah. such a different world up there um mm-hmm. and everything feels like it's like probably a good five years behind everyone else in, in society. It's, it's really weird. 
is because it, it's got to be difficult even just to get things up there to you. I know that that's the case in like oh, yeah. Northwest Territories and Yukon and everything, like even just shipping and like buying things. I often wonder that in terms of like technology wise and gaming wise, how do you like, is that a thing that you keep up with? Or did you just bring the computer you had with you and just kind of dealt with that over the, the time that you were there? Yeah. So in the in the area that I was uh, living in, uh, my mom's boyfriend was like one of five techs that were in the area that were up there. And he yeah. went and serviced everyone because he was the, like one of the main tech guys. He'd been up yeah. there forever and stuff. So getting technology was thankfully pretty easy because I was literally living with a guy who had rooms and rooms of spare parts. So if I needed That's to wild. piece together a computer, like it was it was pretty easy um, yeah, but like the internet up there is is terrible. It's all bandwidth oh, capped. It's like yeah. it's just, it's miserable. So you know, it'd be great if you are if you're a retro fan, you got a bunch of consoles and stuff like that. But <laughs> it's, it's if you're a retro fan, go like time travel and move up to Alaska. There, oh my yeah. gosh, man! How many yeah. years were you there for? Seven. I did that's seven. Not years a, that's there. not a short stay, dude. That's a that's a no. significant <laughs> amount of time, man. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was thankfully because of my wife, uh, because she was she was working for a law firm. I was working for an office max. And uh she hit me up one day, and I think it was just one of those moments because she she grew up in Idaho. So neither yeah. of us were like, you know, we're both ducks out of the water at this point. That's crazy. She she called me up one day and I'm sitting in the storage room just messing around with hard drives, like stocking them and stuff like that. She hits me up and she's like I think I want to move. And I'm like, okay, where do you want to move yeah. to? She's like down South. And I'm like down South, like, like Juno or down South, like lower 48. She's like <laughs> lower 48. And I was like, okay, uh, like back to Idaho or where, what are you thinking? She's like, well, where do you want to go? And I'm like, well, I'd love to be an actor. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I've always wanted to move to California. What do you think about California? And she's like, all right, California, it's warm. We'll go there. And that was it. That was, that was it. The that was it. Was yeah. that like a 30 second conversation? Yeah. I walked out of that room, walked over to my boss and I told him, I was like, Hey, <gasps> chance, I love you, but I'm going to be quitting in a month. Uh, I'm moving down to the lower 48. He's like, no, you can't do that. And I was like, it's going to happen, dude. I'm sorry. He's like, he says no. <laughs> yeah, He's just like, no, you can't leave me. Uh, and I was like, I would just really appreciate it if you could uh, help me find a store down in SoCal to to move to um yeah. to transfer to and stuff and that was the plan she quit her job we sold everything our cars pretty much everything except for uh two suitcases two four boxes our cat and uh and, and a couple backpacks everything so were you were you married at this time when you had this this conversation about moving where you're still you're still dating at the time yeah. and i mean this is a pretty <laughs> significant life decision and yeah. obviously you didn't have to like run this by like your mom or anything or like, like, did you like, you I made that decision probably, in that? Yeah. Probably should have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably should have let her know. She was not happy about that, but yeah. But what yeah. were you like 20, you know, your mid twenties at this point, 26 um, or something like that. Let's see. This would have been 2000, 2011. So almost 30, I would have been 29. Yeah. Yeah, I mean you're 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 an adult, like you're well into it. It's not exactly yeah. not like you're not a permission type of thing, but maybe a heads up, like, hey, yeah. I'm thinking about this. <laughs> did it did it shock her? Like, how did how did she react when you finally told she her? She didn't think I was going to make it. She didn't think oh. I had a, a, a <laughs> snowball's chance in hell that I was going to make it down there. She's like, you've never moved down to California. You don't know what it's like. You don't have any yeah. money. You know yeah. all these reasons and stuff. And then, you know, twenty grand later, and a couple of backpacks. Mom. Exactly, twenty yeah. grand. 
Well, that's what we saved. Uh, we managed to, cause we still had some savings. Plus we sold our cars and stuff. Uh, yeah. so we, we scraped together 20 grand in a month, uh, mm-hmm. and, and just got, we just liquidated everything and moved down to SoCal and started fresh with nothing except for oh. someone. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to, I was going to ask you about, uh, about your wife when you guys first met, when you were first kind of like dating and stuff, like, what was it that, you know, you obviously had at a certain point very early on talked about the politics, the kids plan, the family plan and all that. What was it that you sort of like that kind of drew you together that you realized like maybe you got something in common, maybe there's a spark there. I think it was just a, an acceptance of being ourselves. Um, That's awesome. We really didn't have a whole lot in common outside of we we just enjoyed movies. Uh, we enjoyed each other's company, and yeah. it was it was just a, a good. She is the yin to my yang. So where I'm good with dealing with like finances or getting stuff done, things like that, she's good at handling like making sure things are taken care of around the house and making sure that I'm uh, she's staying on top of me to make sure that I get things done and things so she compliments all the things that I, that I struggle with in life. Yeah. And, and yeah. because of that, I take care of all the things that she doesn't want to deal with. Had you been thinking about leaving Alaska before that? Is that why you're so ready for that conversation to be coming up? Or like, was it basically when she brought it up? Did you think, oh, maybe that I hadn't thought about it this way, but I guess, yeah, let's move. <laughs> yeah. Like Hollywood sounds good. I, I would say that at the time I didn't realize it in retrospect, I probably was ready for it. Uh, yeah. you know, I, I definitely been kind of like bored with Alaska. You know, the only thing going on up there was either theater or the state fair. And, you know, when boys to men is the biggest headliner you can get for the state boys fair to in, men <laughs> in, in Alaska, it's in, in as someone that doesn't really, you know, I don't really go out camping. I, I don't really go hunting or, or things like that. It's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's, there wasn't a really a whole lot for me. I was much happier down in, in lower 48. So it was like, yeah. I was kind of ready to get back to civilization, come out of the woods. Was there ever a moment along the journey where you're like, what am I doing? Uh, like, is this a big decision to be making with somebody I'm not married to? Like, it also seems like you guys were like those, those having those serious conversations that early, I feel like mm-hmm. it kind of at the afterwards, it almost doesn't matter if you're married or not. Like you're, you're, no. you're yeah. a couple of steps ahead of where maybe other people might be at a, at the same time. You just get no. that out of the way. I, I had full trust in her. Um, yeah. she'd, she'd moved a bunch of times. She was used to it. I'm, I'm yeah. used to doing what needs to get done if it needs to get done. Uh, yeah. and, and just making it work. Um, both of us are, are very financially like stable. We don't really like, I, I spend the most money on most toys. She never yep. buys anything for herself. It's not like she has like, you know, closets worth of clothes or, or she, well, she does have closets closet worth of clothes, but it's all practical. She's very, very, of practical. course. Yeah. So yeah, many, many of us have a closet full of clothes. <laughs> I would hope I, I, at the very least yeah. we have closet, at least semi full of clothing. Yeah, yeah that, that would be good. So yeah. does that make it weird then when you, cause you got like quite the collection behind you, um, do. but it's just, yeah, like maybe like, what is, what is back there? A bunch of Funkos, like Funkos is probably the biggest thing I'm seeing. I believe it or not, uh, I would say 75%. So, uh, this one, this one, oh, and there's Amiibo, this yeah. one are all mm-hmm. Amiibo. Um, yeah. Yeah. This, this one right here, that's actually all, uh, pop figures. And then I've got like my gargoyle collection, uh, gargoyle. on top of one of these yes. guys here, but even like the ones that are above the little, the little stands here and on top of here, those are all Amiibo as well too. Yeah, and then I've man. got 
all kinds of weird stuff. I don't even know if you can see the uh, the glass case, but the the glass case here is actually the showcase of like my favorite franchises. So I got Sea of Thieves, I've got Bre- uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild, mm-hmm. uh, Warcraft, and then Harry Potter down in the bottom. Freaking Warcraft, man. I feel like Warcraft might be the main event here, but I want to, um, <laughs> I feel like one of the biggest things is, is Sea of Thieves that I also want to get to. World of Warcraft, you mentioned. Um, do you want to talk about your dad at all? There's not much to say. Uh, yeah. He was a quiet man. Um, he he didn't show emotions, and when he did, it was usually anger. Uh, he worked hard, and he got he was get, he was dealt a bad hand um, because of the the people that he was raised with and being a, a kind of a, a weird middle child. So yeah, it was it was one of those things where his death at the time didn't impact me because I as as much as he was a part of my life, it didn't. It didn't feel like I ever had a strong connection. In fact, I don't feel like I have like a, a strong connection to any of my family members. Um, really, my wife is kind of my family member. I mean, that that does kind of allow you, I would imagine, to go from um, Alaska to wherever it was you guys were going to move to. It's just like to have to not really have like that um, connective tissue or that, that, that strong connection to like, or maybe like you feel like you've got roots somewhere. Like you just can kind of like go make a work to wherever you're going to go. Where's your mom, were they together when he passed away or had they split? Like I, was, I get the sense that maybe they were not together. They were, they were together for the sake of being together because yeah. I was a thing. If yeah. I wasn't a thing, then there was a strong chance that at some point she probably would have left him. Um, yeah. but my mom decided that having a broken home was better than a broken relationship, mm-hmm. uh, for, for me. And, yeah. and it's a, a shame because it never felt like my father, uh, ever got to have that loving family that he wanted. He never got the dad or he never got the son that, that wanted to play catch out in the backyard. He did get like, you know, some moments where we would go out fishing or we would go out and do golfing and stuff but those were few and far between and then eventually he got sick and when that happened it was it was like well this is the way life is going to go and we were already at a point where no one was really happy with it Um, yeah so it was just a just a really rough rough go uh it was back when a time when they didn't know about like hepatitis c or hepatitis at all yeah. And he got a back surgery and the blood infusion that they did. You've for, got to be kidding me. For the surgery uh, was blood from a person that had hepatitis. <gasps> so he ended up dying from as uh, from complications as a result of the hepatitis. And it was just a it was just a really slow, painful situation. Oh, that is that is gut wrenching, man. Holy cow. I'm so sorry to hear that. It's um, yeah. definitely something that you think like now. Yeah, just with the benefit of time is something that you kind of screen for you certainly want to prevent and we know about it now but it's like yeah goodness gracious yeah it kind of it it was kind of up there with the you know the it was the silent killer to aids uh like if everyone knew about and was talking about aids hepatitis was the thing that was killing people that no one talked about and it it was one of those weird things it was like it it wasn't because of anything that he contracted from anyone else it was it was literally just hospitals didn't screen for that stuff yeah and it just happened to be a back surgery. 
What did you mean? So before that, did you guys just not have like a, you didn't have like the strongest relationship because he wasn't around and, but, or, or what was that? Cause you kind of mentioned like he might've been wanting to have a close relationship with you, but you weren't really wanting to do the things with him. He, it was, it's an interesting story. Cause I, and, and this is, and it's unfortunate because he's not around to tell his side of it. Uh, I can ever only gleam from my perspective, what I thought his uh, desires were because after my dad passed away, I realized how much resentment there was uh, between him and my mother. And yeah. so now I have a now I have a jaded perspective from my mother's uh, side of it. And right. I have him gone and just what I have left over from my memories. Mm-hmm. Uh, so very much of his his history is is left as an enigma to me uh, as a result. But from what I've been told, it was one of those things where when I was born, he was bummed that I didn't pop out with a baseball glove in a, in a ball and right. want to go play catch right away. There was this whole raising a child aspect to it. And it's, it's hard mm-hmm. to know like how much of that is true, how much of it is just, you know, like, like impressions or, or expectations yeah, and things like that. So, but a bit exaggeration maybe too. Yeah. 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 But I mean, I grew up a latchkey kid. So, you know, in the nineties, it, it was a safe enough time when, you know, you could leave your house locked up with just a, you know, a deadbolt. You gave the kid a key and you yeah. go to school and come back from school and do whatever you needed to do. And both, you know, at the time my parents both worked. So yeah. most of the time I never really saw my parents. And when I did see them, my dad would always go up to the living room after dinner was made. He would start watching sports. My mom would go into the, in, or he would go into the bedroom. She would go into the living room and she would watch Star Trek and uh, yeah. shows like that. And I would either hang out with her or I'd go up to my room and play games. And as yeah. an only child, like that, that was my entertainment. Games yeah. were my entertainment back then. Yeah, I remember having, I mean, I, I didn't have necessarily even the only child. I was for, couldn't be further from an only child experience. We had four kids in the house. So like that was like, that was not a thing. But everybody, <laughs> all my friends who were only like, it was just them. It was games all the time. And they were the, they were the best friends to have actually. Cause like they were so excited to have you over uh, oh, and to have somebody around. They always had the best games and everything too. It was like the gold mine over there. Oh, man. that's cool. Yeah, that's it, was, so cool. it was great. One, one thing that you, you, you seem to like, have you done a lot of, like reflection on this like your 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 comments just about um how he's not around to tell his side of the story and that even just you having like an open mind to perhaps there is another side of the story like where does that come from that seems like you've thought about this for a bit i've had to uh yeah it's it's something when when you have people in your life that point to the ones that you grew up with and say those people are exhibiting examples of manipulation. Uh, yeah. You you start to have that that lust that uh, kind of um, luster. I'm trying to think of the right word for it, but you, you get disillusioned to the aspect that your parents are are something special and that they're not mm. just human beings who have screwed up a lot in their life. Yeah. Uh, when I start seeing, you know, the things that, that have be, that my mom has done both when I was younger and also as an adult, uh, through my own experiences and just realizing like, you know, after I've, you know, I've dated a lot of people and stuff and gotten to understand, you know, the issues that I have and the issues that I see in others. Mm-hmm. When I hear like my, my mother talk about my father, I have to take it with a grain of salt because I realize that they had a very broken relationship towards the end there. And anything yep. that she's saying 
could very well be tinged with um, notes of 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 perspective. And if I mm-hmm. if I don't if I don't look at it from that perspective, then I start to realize that I start to to resent my father, and that could have been you know I, I very easily could be resenting my father for for false reasons without Man, hearing his side. That is like that's usually I think the term is like wise beyond your years, but I mean, you've, you've lived a life at this, at this point, you've definitely had a ton of experiences around it, but that is just, that's a very, I don't know. It's a very evolved take on the, on the whole situation. I think it's a very mature take on everything. And I think the other thing too, kind of think uh, whether or not people can relate to the, the parental situation, but I think that the notion of some one person's commentary on another person can really only impact your perception of that person to a, it should be limited how much that can impact. And I feel like I've definitely been like in the past, I feel like I've been swayed by one person's storytelling of another person to go like, I, I get too persuaded in that. And sometimes I catch myself going like this person didn't do anything to me or maybe this other person. Like, I just feel like your, your, yeah, your perception is, is bang on dude. Um, and it's probably better to give the benefit of the doubt at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's something that's, helped serve me it's it's probably why i'm always so on the fence when it comes to talking about games in the industry is probably why i enjoy talking about games from multiple perspectives and why i'm okay doing a solo show because first off i'm i'm an only child so i'm used to talking to myself (laughs) used to having conversations with myself Um, but, but being able to being able to step outside of a situation and think about different perspectives and and same thing with theater too you have to empathize with villains if you want to be a villain you have to see yeah. things from their perspective uh you know one of my favorite roles was uh playing dracula and in trying to put yourself in into a, a fictional character like that and understand where they're coming from it really only helps to serve you in the long run if you try to look at situations uh for people who are doing things that look negative yeah. Um, but don't always that they're, they're either coming from the best intentions or they are coming from a perspective that is not understanding why they're doing the things they're doing. And if you don't mm-hmm. see that perspective, it's, it's really easy to start labeling things the way that, the, that you really ought not to. Yeah, man, that's wild. I, I love that you do the solo. I love the, the, the parallels here, the, uh, everything just kind of makes sense. Uh, growing up the way that you did and then starting into a solo podcast, where, where did that start? Where did your content creation journey start? Was it podcasting or like, cause for me it was writing actually, uh, podcasting really? didn't come until years later, actually. Uh, which is uh, to me, it's way easier. <laughs> you throw up a <laughs> throw up a mic and you go like, and because I think there's also like a, a certain forgiveness from the audience of you know there's not going to be a hundred percent polish. And I held myself in the writing situation. I held myself to a certain standard that like I've got an opportunity to at least read this over before I hit publish. So I ought to do that. And yeah. I just did it over and over. And I I, it, I don't even know if it was all that natural. And if I were to look back on it, I'd probably be super embarrassed about it. Um, but that you, kind of was like, I just wanted to express and, and think about and uh, get my thoughts out of my head about games and challenge yeah. myself to do that and think about what would it be like to be on a deadline. Like when I was reading like IGN and magazines, like growing up, all the magazines I was reading, like, um, every, like a lot of people, you just go like, oh, this person doesn't know what they're talking about. Or I have a different opinion. <laughs> a lot of reactions to whatever you're reading, like who's this guy think he is to say these sorts of things. But similar to kind of like what you've been saying, I kind of had this realization that I'm like, maybe there's more to this than I think. And I guess I wouldn't really know unless I tried it. So what would it, 
like how would I start a review and what would it be like to be under a deadline to finish a game by a certain time and then produce a, a written thing after yeah. that? I thought that was like a, a fascinating kind of exercise to do. And it led me down this path. So, so interesting. You went with the, the written stuff. Do you ever find yourself like uh, uh, worrying about like word efficiency, word efficiency? Like you ever think about, you know, how can I say this is in, in few words as possible when, when you're writing? That would usually lead to like, that was kind of like the, the writer's block kind of thing. Yeah. Like, oh, but, but in kind of like the opposite way. So, um, yeah, I would, I would realize that I was too verbose and I would try to like cut it down, but that's where I would spend a lot of my time. I think oh, it's taking like a thousand words and getting down to seven fifty or something like that. Do you, are you playing Wordle right now? <laughs> I had my first, I feel like we should, uh, we should have like a trigger warning for some people because people really don't, <laughs> don't like hearing about this thing. And I was, I, I've got it muted on Twitter. I couldn't handle all you the, too. all the posts about it. Um, but ultimately it was something I didn't understand. It's a classic. I'm afraid of the thing that I don't know. Yeah. And, um, a colleague of mine, Same. you know, she said, did you, have you done today's word? I'm like, I can't even with this game, but uh, I guess I'll give it a try. I got the word on my second try man nice. i and i i had i think i've retired actually i played That's one funny. game it took me two tries i got <laughs> i think the word was those earlier this week and yeah. nailed it man yeah that's hilarious it's it's one of the the reason i ask is because i i people that i podcast with or, or people like uh, like it's a game that i play between me and my wife uh, yeah or my wife and i uh and and because of that it's she's really good at words and she's amazing with word efficiency she can write papers all day long but she doesn't mm-hmm. have anything that she feels passionate enough to to write stuff with. So I'm always uh, curious when talking to writers because it's like I feel like writers always have a really big passion and she's the only one that I've ever met that hasn't ever felt like she wants to write for the for the sake of writing. Oh wow. Yeah, that That's is really interesting. Weird. I had this realization earlier this week. Um I was just kind of I don't know, it was a beautiful moment actually. I was I was driving up <clears throat> in my car. I had just I've been feeling sick for like the last month and it which yeah. is why we had to unfortunately reschedule. So I appreciate chatting with you tonight. Uh, but I was finally feeling much better and I love I love music. I love all these things and I I, I kind of just went for a drive getting drinks for for my wife came home and I realized I'd been singing the whole time. And I'm like, that felt awesome. I feel great. I love nice. music. Wait a minute. I also love movies. I also love video games. Like, I have all these things <laughs> that I really, really love. And isn't that the best feeling in the world? Yeah. So I can't imagine not having something to do something about, either podcast about or write about, or just like grab a stranger from the side of the street and go like, let me tell you about like this thing that's on my mind. Yeah. I love it. Like, thank goodness for this podcasting thing. And it's become <laughs> even more just mainstream to the point where I will even tell my family about it. I tell my family about my podcast for years. Like, oh, I, don't, I don't know why it was just, I think it's because I cared about it so much. Like it's a weird thing that I would just like I find I, I loved it right from the be- beginning, man. But um, you're the guest. This is about <laughs> you. <laughs> Tell me about you getting into this stuff, man. Tell me about you getting into to podcasting and the solo stuff. And you got an amazing Patreon, by the yeah. way. Yeah, yeah everything's great. rocking and rolling, dude. I love them. Uh, yeah. So it's funny because uh, when I, I started getting into to podcasts because I started working for a pest control company. Mm-hmm. And when you're working in a pest control company, your job is literally to drive around from house to house to house and just clean the house and spray the house down. And when that's yeah. done, you just move on to the next. So it was a lot of time alone. And I realized that 
audiobooks were just not cutting it. Like I just oh, yeah. wasn't finding anything. And this was after I this was after I had quit gaming uh for the sake of my relationship. And mm-hmm. because I was of starting wow. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow wow was literally killing my relationship. Um yeah. and I and I didn't realize that it was because I was so so forced on on trying to actually do that. Um but when when I was out and about, I, I found podcasts and I was thinking, okay, well, I want to get back into Nintendo. That's where my roots are. That's where mm-hmm. I grew up with. That's what I've always been attached to. I want to know what the landscape is. Cause when I heard about the Wii, I was like, I'm not playing with hand controls. I'm not doing motion <laughs> controls. That's so dumb to me. I'm not, I'm not going to buy into that. Uh, but over the years of spending time with people in Alaska, I discovered like an Xbox and, uh, some friends had like years of war and I was like, this is really cool. Yeah, you man. Know, so played a little bit of those and stuff, but I never, you know, outside of the, the couple years that I spent at a, uh, at a GameStop in Arizona, I really had just been in world of Warcraft. So yeah. wanted to get back into Nintendo, started listening to podcasts, started trying to find podcasts. And weirdly enough, in 2017, or no, I guess it would have been 2016 when I started uh, trying to find like a, a Nintendo podcast that was still running was really hard. Yeah, man. I, I don't Not know. Not a good time was. for Nintendo, dude. It's because no. it wasn't, nobody cared about Nintendo. It was a, it yeah. was a wasteland, man. It was, <laughs> it was terrible. Yeah. So I, I found a couple podcasts and I started listening to them and they started talking about this little thing called the NX. Yes. What is this NX? The savior. Like, well, gonna, yeah, it, they're like, it's going to be the next thing after the Wii U. And I was like, all right, well, if the Wii U's dead, I'll get a 3DS because that seems like it's a safe bet. Yes, <laughs> really was. <laughs> it, it was. It's got a great library, but it's definitely not the uh, the the long lasting franchise. Well, I guess it's probably been around longer still than than the Switch has at this yeah, point. Yeah, it's just not a console. I mean, it definitely, I, I remember the first time I had a, a 3DS around like my kind of in real life friends. And one of my buddies looks at me, he's like, what are you, five? Like if you're not a gamer, like you just like there's just a completely different perspective on really video is. games and, and especially the DS, like that kind of just yeah. looked like a child's toy. It was but, the Nintendo Dogs thing to people. Exactly. That, that yeah. was what they saw. You played mm-hmm. Mario and you played Nintendo Dogs and you had a stylus. Exactly. Yeah. So but yeah, so I, I I was listening to those podcasts and as I was following them and getting more and more into Nintendo's like uh news and stuff like that. Uh, I started to want to be more involved. So I started mm-hmm. writing emails to, to podcasters thinking like, ah, oh, they'll never, they'll never read my email. That'll, you know, it'll never get any notice and stuff. And then once in a while I'd get an email read and I was like, yeah. oh, I felt really good. It's the best. Like yes. Yes. It felt so cool. Mm-hmm. So, that's, then, that's the origin of this show, man. That's where <laughs> I had the same, cause I had the same feeling when I would write into a show and I'm like, that felt good. Like I yeah. liked hearing my question. I was like, just waiting for it. You know, just, yeah. it's like writing a letter into the editor and hoping they publish it. Like, there yeah. it is. It's there. It's the, the, the Leo gif, the Leo meme, just like pointing at the screen. I'm there. You know, it's me. It's uh, I, I want to say that it harkens back to that time when, you know, as a kid, you would grow up. And if you, if you were raised Christian or Catholic, you always had the, the, the looming idea of Santa and you yes. sent a letter off to Santa and if Christmas came and you got that toy, you felt vindicated by your, felt your heard. yeah, you felt like yeah. Santa heard you and stuff. And then in the same thing with school, you know, if you were the person that, you know, raised your hand, if the teacher called on you and you got the answer right, you got a gold star. Yeah. So it was always that kind of like that, 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 uh, weird kind of awarding or I guess, yeah. uh, 
Yeah, just you got a, a little bit of a reward whenever you sent it. So I sent in emails to uh, to Nintendo Pulse and uh, nice. N64 Josh. Uh, for nice, the there it is. Guys. Yeah, I was trying so, to think like who was making Nintendo stuff back then. Yeah, N64 yeah. Josh for sure. So I, I would write into them and then eventually I was like, you know, I really I, I want to start talking. So I started talking to them. I started finding out like how to get in touch with them. That's when I found about like Twitter and Discord and stuff. Uh, and then eventually, um, Josh, uh, needed someone to jump in on a podcast and he knew that I had been streaming a little bit. I'd bought a computer for, uh, being able to, to play uh, Splatoon two with people online mm -hmm. and I was in the community and he invited me on and I was like, I can do this. Everyone, yeah, man. everyone tells me that I've, I've got a voice radio, which I don't believe. I just think I have a deep voice, which is, I guess, the, the, <laughs> the radio voice. With the one and only criteria. <laughs> exactly. You don't You're, sound like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can you can do a deep voice. Uh and and that's the requirement. So um, yeah. you know, having done theater, having having an interest in in talking to people about games and not having really a whole lot of friends locally, it felt yeah. like the way to connect. It felt mm -hmm. like that was the way to to get in touch with people. And that was kind of the, the impetus. So I'd been, you know, sitting around with the idea of like, oh, I want to make a podcast, you know, well, what should I make a podcast on? Well, I love talking about Nintendo. Well, all my friends make Nintendo pod podcasts. So why would I want to make another Nintendo podcast? Yeah. So yeah. it was always kind of tough uh, mm -hmm. going into that. I don't know if you want to uh, break off on anything off of that or if you just no, want you me keep, to keep, keep going keep on that rolling. journey, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, if, if not Nintendo, then, then what, but I love that, like just observation. And also like when if there's this funny thing that happens when you're in a certain circle, you can almost think that it's like the entirety of the internet, you know, mm -hmm. or, or it speaks to it, like all <laughs> of it. But actually it's funny. Josh was, was one person who he, I'm sure he's spoken about this multiple times since and before, uh, but he introduced me to this notion of abundance. Like he was the one who, who called it out. Like is, and it, ever since he said, it, it's like, it's so obvious this notion mm -hmm. that there's, we're not competing over the same 12 people who are listening to our shows, that there's plenty of audience. There's plenty of partnership opportunities, plenty of stuff. And we don't have to worry about like bumping into each other. Like the, yeah. so I like that always, like, as soon as he said it, like just like a light bulb went off in my mind in terms of just how I look at the entire sphere and the whole landscape of it all. And if yeah. there's ever another example to think about, it's like, there's, there's Twitch streamers out there that I've never heard of who have like 3 million followers. There's, podcasts out there same idea there's video games that none of us talk about who have 100 million active users every month or whatever like there's all these things and like this so this notion of abundance just makes sense to me but it is funny to to think about like you know how many how many podcasts were you talking about like maybe three or four nintendo, yeah. nintendo podcasts that you were aware of you're like you don't <laughs> want to add to the to that mix it's like yeah it, you it could have like yeah, it felt like one of those weird situations like do i really try and leech away the the few followers that they have to to join mine for what reason because i'm selfish like yeah uh, yeah and it's funny because i i can't remember when but it definitely hit me um and i don't think i i can't remember if josh turned me on to it i i am totally missing the conversation that we had about it uh but it, it was definitely at a point where i was like i listen to a ton of podcasts about gaming yeah. And they're all saying the exact same news yeah. topics that I am listening to and keeping up with. The only difference is that I care about who's saying it. And yeah. that's what matters. Finding finding people whose voice echoes yours or uh, is the polar opposite and you want to be educated. It was yeah, like, if you're interested I'm, in that. 
Yeah. And I think everyone ought to. I, I feel Agreed. like if you're a diehard uh, Xbox fan, you should have a couple podcasts about PlayStation and Nintendo in your rotation. Agreed. Yeah. Because having those perspectives is is amazingly invaluable. It's amazing to hear about what people talk about when it's not your console and yeah. what they're passionate about because mm -hmm. they're gamers as well too. So it's really weird to to have these weird siloed off and not no no disrespect to to the podcast that you have uh cuz I know that you you like to kind of have things siloed off but at the same time on all your shows you do talk about the other console manufacturers and stuff as well too well, so. and it, it becomes a bit of a sickness that I, i'm sure that you've caught as well in terms of like once you start one then you can't you can't just have one podcast you have to have many podcasts many projects and things <laughs> going kind of going on so yeah like in terms of like xbox drive and nintendo drive there it's sort of like just by design in terms of like what people look for um mm. which is the the primary reason for that was was really just to to make sure huh. that the audience kind of connects because yeah it's it's hard to go to your point, like if unless you're like a you know a famous person in the industry or something, you could do whatever. Yeah. You could do a game scoop because you're IGN. You can talk about whatever the heck you want. But yeah. yeah, in terms of finding an audience, I think that's um yeah. But we also wanted to have all three, you know, in in terms mm -hmm. of uh, they're they're very easily findable or searchable. If once you find one, we talk about the Nintendo Drive on the Xbox Drive and everything else like that. But yeah, it's um. I don't know. It's I, I agree with you. And I it's funny because people seem to know me for the Xbox drive, I think more. But it's like I've mm -hmm. I've often talked about this, how I go like how many PlayStation controllers do I need to show you? Like how many like the, the <laughs> PS4 was I actually had one first, you know, like that was where all my third party games were up until the the one. Um, yeah, the one S came out like things kind of like switched over for me at that point. But it, it, it kind of doesn't matter. And it's too bad because that is, I would say, generally what people do is they kind of like you know, like Luke is a great example of this as well. Like he, yeah. he has an Xbox show. He, he champions all games, you know, yeah. all, all, all the time. And there's many, most of us do, but for whatever reason, it's, um, it's easier. I think just to simplify a person to, uh, to a certain platform for better or for worse. I will, I will always, uh, champion the people that are, are willing to take a, a podcast. And, and it's the reason why I think my Xbox podcast is set up the way it is, is, uh, it is it is modeled heavily off of um, the desire to introduce people to all of the consoles. And I think having your name as like the Xbox drive, but still talking about PlayStation and Nintendo is yeah. always just kind of like dangling a little string above a kitten. Like you're, you're not like giving them a whole feast of, of catnip, but you're at least giving them a little bit about what what's going on outside of the Xbox that mm. they may be interested especially if you're talking positive about it, if you have a positive attitude about it, then people may not feel like there is a, such a stigma behind wanting to speak purely on just one console or, or just having just one console. I couldn't have said it better myself, actually, even today. Like I felt kind of, um, I don't know, I felt something like I was, um, we always talk about the games that we're playing and I'm like, I'm playing Pokemon on Nintendo and I'm playing mm -hmm. God of War on PC. Like I haven't played an Xbox game. And to your point, like I feel like just, just by saying that i on one hand i'm like i should have a game on xbox that i should be talking about but on the other hand i'm really glad that we're having this conversation because it's like it's not a realistic way to play and in a lot of cases like the fact that i am playing god of war on pc right now is really because i didn't finish it on ps4 when it would back in 2018 because i felt compelled to keep playing xbox games and that's like 
especially in the case of God of War, which I will say is like just one of the absolute best games ever crafted. Like I personally, I am just in love. I don't know if that's an objective statement that can be made, but I am loving it. <laughs> and I very possibly could have missed it because my Xbox podcast compelled me to play games on my Xbox. And I think that's kind of silly to be a honest. Horrible with thought to, to have to like, I, and it's such a scary, I will, I will say in, and, and it's a, a joke in the podcast that I do about Xbox, but I, there's a lot of games that I missed because of world of Warcraft. Yeah. And now I'm trying to go back because I missed out on a large majority of the mm. 360. Yeah. I've never, I've never touched a, a PS3 in my life. Wow. I've never touched a Vita really? in my life. I've never <sighs> had I've never had an opportunity. Uh so there's so many games. Like I'm going through Uncharted 1 and 2 right now. I just finished yes. uh, 1 and I'm like halfway through Uncharted 2 and I'm working my way up to uh Lost Legacy in the 4 because of the remakes. Yeah. Uh and my god, those those games are absolutely killer. Like yeah, I can, I'm so glad I can you totally say that. see it's mm-hmm. so amazing. I never like it, every hearing everyone talk about it and stuff. They're always like, "Oh yeah, it's Uncharted. It's amazing." And I'm like, but how good is it really? Right. And when, when you actually get to sit down and play through it, you're like, this is a really good game. They did a mm-hmm. really, really good job. And I totally missed it because of one game. And I focused in so much on that one game. One, because it was cheap. And two, because it was legacy. I've been, you know, Blizzard kid since 95. Yeah, uh, man. <laughs> it was like, I'm right well, with you. Mm-hmm. It, it's like, I felt like I was, I was doing a disservice to, to not support, you know, World of Warcraft. If that's what I was going to do, that was where my, my legacy was and stuff. But now that I'm going back, it's like, it's insane. Just how many amazing games I've missed in, in to this think is, about. I'm ahead. sorry. This is, this is the root of like FOMO right there, right there. Like you, yeah. you, you're trying to do this thing and there's all these other things just outside of it that, yeah, that you could miss out on. And it's a, that's a terrifying experience. Um, I want to, I want to jump back. Cause it, you, you, when you talk about blizzard, <laughs> like the nineties, man, it's like, I think blizzard might've been the first company that I became aware of even just like following and trying to come to, um, come to learn what the studio was going to make next. This is something that we all follow naturally. Now we almost don't even think twice about it. Like we can yeah. like, what is Santa Monica going to be making? What they, what have they made in the past? <laughs> what are they going to make in the future? Like that's a narrative it? we talk about all the time. Blizzard was probably the first one that I became aware of that. That was a thing to look forward to because I remember hearing about Starcraft orcs in space. And cause I had been playing Warcraft two the whole time, even to the point where I would go to like gamespot.com and look at like the old um the old screenshots where it mm-hmm. looked a lot like Warcraft. It was like these squiggly graphics, these terrible colors, <laughs> and they were taking forever for this game to come out. And they like completely changed it to that more isometric view, the menu along the bottom, the Starcraft that we know. Like I was following along there. So I say that in excitement. Um, to ask about your journey with with Warcraft through Starcraft. Did, did you play Warcraft oh, 3? Yeah. Did you play Starcraft? Like, talk to me about that, man. It, it started with Warcraft. Uh, I had a, my my parents picked up a, uh, a 95 Packard Bell because yeah. school was now in high school and we were playing with computers, not typewriters. I had to learn yep. typing and we broke out the floppy disks to save those English literature uh, reports and stuff. But my dad wanted to have a flight simulator. So we got Flight Simulator <laughs> and we got a Microsoft Sidewinder and that yes! was his. Dude, I, I t- love the Sidewinder, man. <laughs> I've been calling for a Sidewinder like a like like, like they got the Elite controller. I've been yeah. wanting a Sidewinder for years, man. I thought for <laughs> sure when, when Flight Simulator was coming back, I'm like, bring me the Sidewinder, man. Force feedback, USB, give it to McVeans. Oh need my to. gosh. 
Yeah. So yeah, he had, he had that and he had Fury 3 and Microsoft uh, Flight Simulator. And those yeah. were the two games I wasn't allowed to touch. But as long as I could put on Warcraft, I was allowed yeah. to play whatever I wanted. So I played Warcraft, Orcs and Humans. I played yeah. Warcraft 2, Darktide. I jumped into uh, Diablo. My buddy got into Diablo and then he, I found out about Diablo. And then I had to convince my mom I was killing the devil. And that's why I was okay <laughs> to, to get Diablo. <laughs> Yeah, man. I was scared of it. I was terrified. You know, it's been like you talk about like being raised Catholic and stuff like I can't have that in my house, man. It's, yeah. The whole place is going to burn down. I can't do that. Yeah. Uh, I didn't get into Diablo until like probably actually Diablo three. I, I missed oh, all man. of it. So I still have to play uh, the resurrected edition. I completely missed it. Ryan and I were, were chatting, I think just today that you know, wouldn't it be, it'd be great when Diablo two resurrected edition comes for, comes to game pass. Like, yeah. feel like we all miss talking about that, but yeah. in any case yeah you're yeah. doing all the things all the things blizzard yeah so that was that was and, and you're right like uh when it came to game companies uh it was it was either between rare and like goldeneye and yep. and donkey kong country or blizzard those were like maybe the lucas two... arts lucas arts might have been up there as well i had a see, lot of I, star wars games that oh, see i never got into star wars that much when when i was playing games like and, and it's a shame too because there were so many like i always wanted to play like x-wing or or yep. uh, tie fighter and stuff and it's like it just it never it Especially never if you had that if you have that sidewinder you got to play actually I, I don't know what my dad was thinking it's like, it was almost like he didn't want to get those for some reason but he was the star wars fan so i don't mm -hmm. get it really it seemed weird. like it was like a it was a very much a cd rom thing like we talk about you know playstation having a cd drive and that being a big deal but if you had a pc and if you were the kid on the block who had a cd rom oh my yeah. gosh two times speed four times speed and Oh, oh yeah, like that that was absolutely massive, man. I yeah. love that. It was me and another buddy. He had uh, I had a CD ROM, so I had like Encyclopedia Brit Britannica Heck on yes. CD, which was really yeah. fun. Mm -hmm. uh, but he he had XCOM, like the OG XCOM. Holy crap! Yeah, man. And him like like peeking around corners in these two D sprites and stuff. I would go over to his house and I'd watch him play XCOM, and I'm like, that seems so hard. Where yep. where can I just shoot stuff? and click a to attack to, yep. to go so uh but yeah like a lot the of way PC gaming. turns it's anything turn-based back in the day like for me i just didn't understand it i watched friends play yeah like the final fantasies and things like that or even tactics tactics was about as close as i got but i still mm -hmm. couldn't i couldn't seem to like manipulate or navigate the camera well enough to like see oh, yeah. anything and when i watched somebody play final fantasy i'm like why are they just waiting there like that doesn't make any <laughs> sense i was very much on the real time kind of yeah. end of things that that's how i feel that's why whenever I listen to Ryan Turford, I'm always thinking like, this guy is like the polar opposite of me. He hates yeah. pirates. He loves turn-based stuff. He's a huge <laughs> weeb. I'm like, man, just give me a first-person shooter. Let me jump into a yeah. Zelda game. Like, I'm all about Sea of Thieves. Like, mm -hmm. it's so funny to hear his takes on stuff because I'm like, he is the exact opposite of me. And, and I, I, I respect it. that. We need to get you guys like on a show together, actually, just oh, kind of no. like, see what happens. <laughs> you guys might like it might be like a magnet. You guys might just stick together like permanently like the, or we the opposite is so strong. <laughs> we'll either repel each other or we'll become the closest friends. We got to find out. This is an experiment that I, <laughs> that I need to see. I need to see happen. I want to ask you about I, I, I kind of wanted to just geek out about Blizzard for a little bit, but I wanted yeah. to ask you about Warcraft 3 because I oh, feel God. like that was oh. a pretty transformational thing if you were along the road with this with with blizzard the entire time and if you saw like you got i mean you were into diablo as well so you got a little bit of that like slightly different take on blizzard action but as soon as warcraft 3 came out and this notion of like 
heroes. Yeah. And it, like it really kind of introduced the MOBA. Like it was kind of like the first, almost like the first MOBA, but it still had its roots in, in Warcraft. What was your experience in with Warcraft three? That was, that was a, an, an epoch in time for me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and especially with uh, the frozen throne expansion, I, I had always loved the story. Like I, I would say like a uh, orc arena time is probably, probably the first kind of major game that I got into that really, that really kind of taught me about story. Like maybe that in like yeah. Star Fox 64, you know, I understood golden eye cause it was like going through that, but yeah, Warcraft three, uh, was a world where I learned names of orcs and I learned yeah. names of humans and I followed them along a journey about trying to save their species and then being able to play as undead, being able to play as the, the night elves or the humans or the orcs and see their lives from the different perspectives really did kind of impact like how I felt uh, about games in general. Yeah. Uh, so if, if not for Warcraft 3, I probably wouldn't have such a love for narrative in games. Wow. Um, they were really that impactful for me. In the Frozen Throne, still today, probably one of the the coolest, and not, not to pun on it being frozen, but it was definitely the coolest experience to see this hero of the Alliance go into this mm -hmm. frozen wasteland to try and stop this plague. Like the culling of Strathrome is is still one of this, these like moments in my gaming history where I'm like, he's actually doing it. Yeah. I kind of agree with his reasoning, even though mm -hmm. it seems insane. That's that so he would cool. go and like call this entire city and i'm like he's that's what he's that's what he's doing man he's going yeah. down this path and to follow him down on that path arthas man like he is probably one of the the biggest villains for me he's up there with what most people would consider like sephiroth as as like the ultimate villain yeah. uh who I, I i only it was probably like last year i found out why he's the biggest villain in mm -hmm. the twist in in final fantasy 7 that was that was spoiled for me uh, but I don't know actually what you're talking. I haven't finished uh, Final Fantasy yeah. VII. I think it's, I've it, gone to the cross dressing. <laughs> That's it. In the original one, I haven't played the the remake or anything. Man. Yeah, I've I've never I've I've played a little bit of seven, uh, and I got really really bored. And then I tried to uh, I haven't played the the remake yet, and I'm looking forward to that. But same. it was this same conversation came up with a friend of mine uh, that I that I do another show with, and she told me the spoiler, and I was like, oh, okay. Like, oh. I don't, I don't have any, I don't have any connection to this game. So now, <laughs> and now assuming, you won't. Yeah. I'm assuming that, that it was probably, that. Yeah, so, well, I like, but, look for me, I like the, I like here. I want to go back to Warcraft three now because I feel like I'm a little more open-minded with gaming now than I was. I think I was very close-minded back in mm. the day. And when Warcraft three came out, it wasn't Warcraft two. Like it really wasn't even close. But no. like in, in reality. Um, and to me, that it might have been a little too far. Um, mm. And it wasn't really until quite a few years later that I started to even like appreciate or even think that I could play games that were as complex as like what we now know as like a Western RPG or anything or even a JRPG. I didn't think that those games were made for me. I really grew up thinking that that was for neighbor Matt and everybody else. I was oh, here man. to play Goldeneye and Unreal and Half-Life. And, and I for whatever reason, like it's not like Starcraft or Warcraft were simple games. Um, but for whatever reason, those games with anything like any sort of remotely complex systems, I just kind of like skipped off of, but I have Warcraft three, like, why don't I go back and play this? I love this notion of like going back and like filling in our gaming gaps. I think Warcraft three is a pretty big one for yeah. me, especially as somebody who was all in on blizzard with Warcraft two and Starcraft and all that kind of stuff. 
I I will say that that legacy, if you can play that game offline on a system that will allow it and you don't connect to any internet at all, if you can get that game installed fresh without yeah. any any internet connection to, to Blizzard, then you'll probably have a pretty good experience because uh, I, I can tell you right now, Warcraft Reforged, uh, which came out, I believe, two oh, yeah. years ago, mm-hmm. absolutely destroyed the ability to play that game in its original state. Um, it impacted cannot, Warcraft three. What? Yeah, yeah. They, oh they, no way! They ripped out any of the the content because it's it's basically the same game, but they they basically didn't deleted the ability to authenticate the original game uh, from oh their servers. God, so no what way. you used to be able to you used to be able to play the original Warcraft three from their Blizzard launcher. You right. can't do that. You got to play Warcraft Reforged now, and it's just not the same. It's, I don't even the, think that I've tried to because that's where I've seen it. I have that on the on the on the launcher, but I don't even think that I've even realized that, that one that changed at all. Not not having the nostalgia that you do for it, you you would probably be okay with it. I'll, I'll be honest, okay. but, oh, but okay. if you yeah. if you have that nostalgia for the way it looks, the way it plays, and stuff like that, it's going to rub up against you because it There's, just yeah. It, it doesn't, but it is still a pretty game. Um, I think I think it was just mired in a lot of development issues, and and they made some bad choices as far as like retaining the legacy. Like they came yeah. out with the Blizzard cl- classic games of of the arcade games that they came out with, and and at the same turn they completely kill off the original Warcraft three. There is, you know, you're probably right about the nostalgia not really being there, and maybe I can kind of um, skate by without it being really impacting me but there is something to be said like i never saw the original star wars movies in theaters but mm. i know that i don't like the new versions of those you know the original trilogy i'd, I'd much rather the that thx vhs version is like yeah. that's as good as it got i think and at least in my mind that was yeah. the last version there was that before all the cgi stuff was was added in yeah. that's yeah. I, so i notice it like you can kind of see that's I, maybe I'd, I'd still like to try it and i'm not You'll- sure when You'll 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 definitely be able to tell the differences between what was added and what wasn't. Uh, mm-hmm. The the main difference is um, going through the story. I I still think that the 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 whole story still holds up really well, but uh, it was it was definitely kind of a, a bummer. We were looking forward to Warcraft Three Reforged being the Diablo resurrected or Diablo Two resurrected, right? And it just it it didn't hit the way it wanted to or the way we wanted it to because it's so revered. And I and it's one of those you know, fleeting moments in time where you, you get lightning in a bottle and, and it's hard yeah. to try and recapture that, unfortunately. Well, that's the thing with like a, with, with Blizzard. And I, th- I would argue the same thing with like Bioware for many years where it's just like, it seemed like yeah. they couldn't fail. It seemed like they couldn't miss. And you're right. Like capturing that lightning in a bottle should be rare, but they just kept doing it like time after time again. It was just like, this is a guarantee. It was almost to that, to that impact. And, but everybody every studio falls and that's the saddest part i don't know i never want to celebrate that it seems like some people enjoy that quite a lot but a lot of really recent examples of this like cd project red and you just hope that the next god of war really hits because it seems like that studio is just crushing it these days and um, insomniac is doing really great so you just want them to keep doing it but yeah Yeah. then you have these things that happen that i mean I've been I've been looking at a lot of the the videos on Twitter and and just based on the fact that people are seeing the same animations between like God of War getting into a boat and stuff I, yeah. I think we'll be okay. It feels like though they're they're not straying too far from the. That's <laughs> from true. The past. That's true. So, 
It's not yeah. like he's doing a backflip into the thing, so they're not getting crazy with it. <laughs> he's, he's got some like funny one-liners. They turn they turn Kratos into a new age Duke Nukem. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he's just got all the attitude and everything. That'd be great. That's a oh, that's why they keep me far far away from from making any games. <laughs> um, I want to close out. There, there's I, I probably have to. Have, I say this to a lot of people, but I, I want I'll probably have to have you back on because I think there's a lot to still discuss, but. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't ask a little bit about the 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 thing that actually got me to contact you to be on the show. Actually, was um, at the tail end of 2021, you had sent a tweet out about um, an audio book you were listening to. I think it was ed, like "Unf Yourself." Um, yeah, pardon the censoring. Um, you were talking about how you wanted to work on some projects that I think were adding to fulfillment uh, in your life. So I wanted to ask you what brought that on, and then now that we're a month into 2022, like how's that? How that's going? Yeah. So I mean, uh, little little kind of catching people up. I've been doing podcasting for Sea of Thieves since 2018, uh, February mm-hmm. 2018, when uh, they had come out with betas, and I'd been doing the same thing over and over and over again. Uh, the book that I, that I read was, uh, unf yourself. And it was one of those things where I don't even know how it ended up in my audible library. It just happened to be there. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was looking at it and I was thinking, I'm just going to listen to it. Cause why not? I don't have anything. It seems like it's a short book. And yeah. when I sat down and I started listening to it, uh, the Scottish gentleman that wrote it was basically telling me all the things that my wife had told me for years. Yeah. except it was coming from a third perspective. And yeah. when I was listening to it, basically the the whole idea, the whole premise of it is to get out of your head, to basically tell yourself that if you're living in a comfortable situation, then you're not taking chances, which means you're not pushing yourself to achieve what you want. And if you want something, the only way that you're going to get it is if you go and actually do the things that you need to do to get it. I love so it. that's what I did. Um, I, I started up uh, another podcast that was a more generalized podcast that was kind of lean, leans towards Xbox because uh, I wasn't being fulfilled 100% with the Sea of Thieves podcast that I was doing. I was yeah. talking about Sea of Thieves and I really loved it, but I always had this this urge to want to talk about games more generally. And I didn't feel like I would be doing the right thing for the Sea of Thieves audience by stealing their time for stuff that I wanted to talk about that wasn't based in Sea of Thieves. Right. So I I set up everything. I got everything developed. Um, I put together uh, everything that I needed to for a base uh, basis for this podcast. And I started doing that. And then I started getting offers uh, for um, for uh, uh, Sea of Thieves podcast, and that was coming in the form of uh, like I think Manscaped is the the one that I'm working on right now. Uh, and normally, because of the the podcast that I run for Sea of Thieves, it is a very kid friendly podcast. It's not for <laughs> kids, but I want to yeah. make sure that if you know parents are listening to it in front of kids they don't have to worry about the things that I'm saying. Yeah. So I've always been very, very careful about the sponsors that I want to promote. I also want to make sure that I'm very happy with those ones. So normally I probably would have said uh, prior to, to 2022, I would have said no to that because it just seemed like it was a little too risque. Yeah. Uh, and I started saying yes to them. So I said yes to them. I've now got them as a sponsor. I'm very happy about that because it's been a really good uh, relationship so far. And I started saying yes to 
situations where I was feeling uncomfortable. Uh, I've been doing the same job that I had been doing uh, outside of uh, podcasting, my, my actual job. I've been doing that for a few years now, and I just wasn't satisfied with it. So mm-hmm. when I heard about a work uh, opportunity at, uh, from, from my manager's manager, I, I went up to them and I said, hey, I don't know much about what this is, but it sounds interesting. I want to know more about it. Yeah. So I started saying yes, and I started mm-hmm. saying yes to that. And now I've got a new job and I'm going to be starting in a month uh, working from home, getting paid more, being able to be closer to the community. I'm going to be able to uh, do jobs for people that are a lot more interesting than just the, the the remedial tasks that I was unsatisfied with in the past. So the the book has basically gotten me in the mindset to stop being lazy. And yeah. So often, especially with a new year, you always make these promises to yourself. You're yeah. always telling yourself, like, I want to make sure that I do these things this year. And that hardly ever comes into fruition. Um, yeah. A few people can, but it's always a tough mindset. I, I'm really good at getting 90% of the way on things and then dropping the ball on the Same last here. 10%. <laughs> yeah, man. So many unfinished yeah. things, uh, so many, so many desires that I want to do. And listening to that book was the wake up call that I needed to, to tell me that no one's going to pull me across the finish line. If I want to yeah. get across the finish line, I have to make that extra 10%. I have to walk across that finish line. And ever since then, ever since I've told myself, like, if, if I want the dishes done, just get up and go do them. It's not yeah. going to take that long. It's going to take a lot less time, long or a lot less time than you think it will. Yeah. Then how much, how, how much you're building it up in your mind. Like you're, you're making things so much harder in your mind than if you just went up and gotten, gotten it done. Yeah. So that's, that's been what that book was. And ever since then, uh, I've had so much more growth. I've had so much more, uh, enjoyment. I'm, I'm doing the things that I want. Like, I was doing a, a podcast with a friend about indies uh, and, and I just I, I had a really tough time uh, feeling like I could commit to her. And when uh, when when I found out that, that she was talking with another friend of ours to do indies and stuff, I was like, I'm going to produce it. I wanted you to start this podcast because I know you have a voice and I know you two together are really good. I can't commit to playing all the games, so I'm going to help you guys produce it and do the stuff that I can do to get you guys out into the world and then eventually teach you how to get that for yourself as well too. So it's, it's been an experience where everything in probably the last few months has been about how can I either get myself to do the things that I, I should be doing to become successful in life? Cause that's the only way I'm going to be successful. No one's going to mm-hmm. drop money in my, my pockets. If, if I was ever had a rich uh, relative out there, it went to someone else and not me. So the only way I'm going to get that <laughs> is if I get it myself. Um, and, and the way that I can do that is by building up the people around me too, building up a community, helping them enable them to do the things that they want to do and trying to give them paths to success so that they can then start walking their own path and not feel reliant on the person who started them off at. Yeah, man. <clears throat> I mean, that is that is an endorsement for a book if I've ever heard of one. Um, my, <laughs> I think my final question for you is a little bit about just like, how much do you think what you're experiencing now has something to do with, I think the message in the book is one thing. Um, but I also want to ask you about like your openness to what that book was about to tell you, because I think that has to be, that has to be an important factor here that you can read a book all you want. The words are going to be the same, 
but you seem to be maybe like looking for something like that, some sort of like playbook to go do this, this, and this, and this will address some of the the concerns that you've been having over the last little while. What's funny about that book is it was all the stuff that I already knew. Nothing in that yeah. book is is anything that I didn't already know uh, because I knew what I had to do to su- succeed, but I never did yeah. it. Uh, what that book finally did was um, tell me that it, it was it was at that point that I realized like, and, and you've you've started projects and and they've they've never they've never gone through and you and you know that's a problem you know that it's an issue with you uh, yeah. and there's so many of us that will start something or we'll have an idea for something and we'll think it's really cool and there will be a lot of passion at the moment and then when it comes to actually doing it you just fall short. You feel yeah. like the the workload is too high or you can't fit it into your schedule and you're just stuck in this rut. And the book told me all of that. So I, I don't know if I was ready for it or if it was a moment where I realized that there wasn't a, a magical unicorn about to walk yeah. around the corner and grant me a wish. Yeah. And when I walked around that corner and saw that all the opportunity was around that corner. All I had to do was actually finish walking around the corner. That was when I started to see like the opportunities are there for yeah. you. The only yeah. thing you have to do is you have to realize that no one's going to pull you through a door into a magical land. You mm-hmm. you have to find that land yourself. You have to make that land yourself. And when you do, you'll love it because it's yours and it's exactly what you wanted exactly what I was going to to cap that off with was, yeah, not only is there nobody there to do that, but also even if there was, that wouldn't be very gratifying at all. Like it's mm-hmm. so rewarding to do. Like I put myself through something hard, something I'd never done before. Didn't know if I could do it, but I came out the other side. And now like, not only is that doubt gone, it's like, it's a confidence booster. You can take on the next thing. It'll be in your back pocket and your your little bag of tricks for your your the next thing that you want to do and it it creates this like super positive momentum and that might be why that might be part of why we can't just do one podcast maybe that yeah. like that maybe that may be part of it it just creates this like almost unstoppable momentum where like you remember i don't know at least for me i was so nervous before jumping on a podcast and <laughs> and for many times into recording each episode like this is the one where it all falls apart. It's probably going to be terrible. And it's, you know, after years and years of doing the thing that you, you gain the confidence to that it becomes second nature. And isn't that insane? Like, I think podcasting, at least for me, is a really good example of this, that with, it's the same thing you hear as a kid. It's, you know, practice makes perfect and the muscle memory kind of kicks in and you're not even thinking about it anymore. And it's impossible to think when you're trying something new for the first time and you're all wobbly and you're falling over and you're making a fool out of yourself that there could ever be a time and maybe even the near future that you're not even thinking about it and you're just yeah. doing it. That is motivation enough for me to think about like just trying something for the first time and, and knowing that just embracing that developmental stage as like I'm learning something new and isn't that the coolest thing? I love that. And yeah, that that's actually the, the way I got my job was literally by telling them I, I don't know what we're doing in this job and yep. I'm not going to pretend to know exactly how to do what we're doing in this job. But if you had asked me four years ago, if I knew how to do podcasting, I would have told you, no, there's no totally. way I have any clue how to do it, but mm-hmm. I've, I've got a really good podcast now. I'm very proud of it and I'm making more good at the same you. time. So for me, it's just a matter of doing it, getting in there, getting your hands dirty. Like you're working out now. It's tough now, but 
I know that it, there's a reason why people love going to the gym. They love yep. working out and they love yep. getting that satisfaction. And it's the same, same premise. We just love that reward. Well, and it is that, that is specifically what I'm talking about when I say like, I've got that in my back pocket. Like I've been there. I've been through like the, I can't push this. I've had a friend push me through. Like I've been, I have been in the best shape of my life before. I'm definitely not there now, but I, and I know what it takes to get there. So it's like when you have those experiences in your back pocket that you can draw upon, it's like you, and you can translate those things. I think you and I have this in common too. I said at one of my, the job that really changed my life was like me in the interview going, I don't know what this program is that you want me to run. Like, what is that? What is this? What are these? What does this acronym stand for? They shouldn't be giving a job like that to somebody who's asking a question like that. But it's the growth mindset. It's the open mindedness. It's the willingness to like learn and be enthusiastic about it. That that that's the experience that I take away from it. So I love hearing that that happened for you as well, because I had a very, very similar kind of experience, man. Holy crap. You go yeah. like you go like lift some weights or I don't know, like punch some. I don't even know the, the meat thing, dummies. the Rocky punches. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> just go, to a, even better. go to a meat locker of some sort. Cause that's where I live. Yeah. We're just out in basically <laughs> we're out in Russia <laughs> at this point. I'm not running on any beaches, man. It's, it's oh, permafrost no. out there, dude. <laughs> it's absolutely wild. As long as you have the eye of the tiger song going, it doesn't matter where you're at. It'll feel great. Like that song. It's not even fair. That song is so good. It's like, it's so, <laughs> it's just what an anthem. Holy cow. It really is. Oh, dude, I've had such a blast chatting with you. I knew that I would. Um, definitely going to have to have yeah. you back on. Before I let you go, do you want to tell people where to find your podcast, your, your all the all the social media, all the stuff you want to drive people I towards? appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, thank you. Um, if, if people want to find out about this thing called Sea of Thieves that uh, Ryan would absolutely hate, even though I know <laughs> it would be an amazing game for him, uh, it's it's <laughs> my favorite game in the world. It really is. Uh, it, it tops World of Warcraft for me and it tops uh, Zelda for me. But I do a, a Sea of Thieves podcast and have been for, for many, many years. Um, there's some really good interviews with the devs if you guys ever want to hear about uh, stuff for the game from rare from the horse's mouth itself. Uh, just search Sea Thieves podcast. You'll find Keelhauled. That's my guy. Uh, and I just I've I've got a new podcast that I kicked up that is in competition uh, purely for Aaron Greenberg's follow. Uh, nice. So uh, it's called the the Xbox Wrap Up. Um, Joe Moran or Mister Badbit joked about how uh, Aaron Greenberg was uh, following him as a PlayStation podcaster mm -hmm. instead of Luke Lore in Not Luke. Ghost. <laughs> and I and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna make us I'm gonna make an Xbox podcast. And my whole goal of this is to try and get Aaron Greenberg to follow me before he follows Luke. And if anything. You know <laughs> <laughs> more people should do this hey i want to throw it out there i don't man this must have happened a little while ago aaron greenberg follows me as well we follow each other so there luke lore how about that see it's not hard luke it's not hard anybody just can do it, do it. yeah just i don't know do what, it just ask I, him for a follow he's waiting for <laughs> he's waiting for luke to change his name back to mls reserves that's a that's a callback oh man uh so very cool yeah, man so, doing doing that um if nice. you guys want to get a hold of me on twitter you can always reach out to me at c-a-p-t underscore l-o-g-u-n uh as opposed to l-o-g-a-n um i have a, a weird obsession with the anime trigun and vash nice. stampede so like growing up in in early 2000s i was just like oh love and peace that's all it's about love and peace and ever since then i've just had a, a huge love for trigun as a result so 
I love it, man. That's kind of that. But Sean, thank you for having me, man. I was, I was, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. I've, I was really excited when you reached out. It was one of those moments where I was like, I'm going to say yes. It's going to feel uncomfortable and I'm a little nervous, but I'll, <laughs> I know I got this. It should be and then okay. I totally and cancel on you and delay that whole experience because I wasn't feeling so good. But I, dude, no. I, it's one of those things when sometimes I see people tweet a thing and I'm like, I need to talk to this person about that thing. And then who knows what else I'm yes. sure something else will come out of it. But every once in a while that happens right. to me and I, I love those moments. So I tried to, tried to jump on it. And that was, um, at actually a particularly, I don't think I had a very good day that day, actually, the day that I, 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 oh, no. I messaged you actually. I think it was the. I think that was. <laughs> chances are, it was one of the days that one of my dogs had passed away. Actually, yeah. And I wanted to just. Um, I do recall that. Yeah, I was just. I was glad to see you kind of like putting that out there, um, because I don't know that I'd seen you do that before, and I see you very active in the community as well. So it just seemed like, yeah, it seemed like I. I, I, I was sure that we were going to have a conversation, like generally, like what we had today. So I appreciate being open, just like last week. Trucker Sloth was very open as well, and I love that that you came out here and. Yeah, man, just really opened up about it. I love that you do this. Like this is something like it's one of the things I love about being able to do what I do with uh, Keelhold. I love having my my end of the month episodes with community members because it gives them a voice. And, you know, and I think back like I I loved getting my email read on a podcast, but you doing this, this podcast is literally reaching out to community members and bringing them in and giving them a moment to, to, you know, be on a podcast. And that's, that was, that was the origin of it all, man. Thank you for recognizing that. Cause it was like, that was why it was, that was a huge thing that I was trying to achieve at the beginning. And then what I realized is that everybody has their own podcast and, (laughs) and, and to a certain extent too, that it, um, it, it, in my mind in the early days, it was like, if somebody has their own podcast, then they might be an easier guest. And I had fooled myself into thinking that for a, for a long time. And what I ended up finding, and to a certain extent, maybe that's true. Um, but what I ended up finding was that the people who didn't have their own podcast, they hadn't had like, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, like a rock band who hasn't done their first album yet. Their first album mm-hmm. is always great because they've taken up their, their whole lives to, to, to do that, to produce that, that record. And so for people who haven't had their own podcast yet, like they don't have a, canned response to a certain type of question they're just like they're kind of discovering it as they go along and there's something magical about people like finding their voice as they're having to speak it too so i love the i could i mean now i feel like i'm kind of navel gazing here but i i do thank you man i do love this show and i love that it can be anything from week to week the, you're what you're doing here and, and not to try and wax poetic, but there, there used to be public forums back in, in the olden yeah. times and stuff where people would come <laughs> together and have times. discussions. The yeah. olden times. Oh yeah, actually you really mean forums. Like not, I thought you were mean like on like internet forums, but yeah, no, I see no, what you're like, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they really location. are the olden times. Yeah. yeah. So no, this is, uh, and uh, the, the, I guess that joke was even better. I actually like your joke better. <laughs> the olden times <laughs> the of the olden forums. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but it uh what 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 you me and capri does what this show does is is it, it helps build out uh or, or we the gamers and so like you're you're giving people a a, a venue and and yeah. people don't always have a venue they may not they may not be able to get past the bouncer and what you're doing is you're tapping the bouncer on the shoulder and saying this guy's okay bring him in mm. and not many people do that I think a lot of people assume that you, the only way to get into podcasting is by building your own podcasting and having a niche and being able to do all this stuff. Sometimes it's just someone taking them, showing them, this is all it is. This is as easy as it is. And you can do this too. And giving them that opportunity. 
And I love that. I love that you're doing that. Thanks, man. I, it's, I hadn't thought of it in that way. The one thing that I had been kind of considering, especially recently, is just the importance of um, giving people a chance and a moment to flesh out a thought and a sentence. Because I and I because I don't think our natural conversations just in our day to day lives allow for me to shut up for a second and like have you just kind of like tell your story. And I think that is so for like for me as a kid who grew up in a, you know, there's four kids and there was every family get together. There's a trillion people around. There's, a, you know, <laughs> I had to wait my turn to like say something. It seems like everybody else had something to say. And so for podcasting and to give somebody else that moment to go like, now it's your turn. And I'm genuinely interested in like hearing what you have to say about this topic. I feel like that feels good when I get that chance. And that has to feel good for, for other people to go like, you really want to hear oh, yeah. like, like I must be boring. Like I must be uninteresting, but you seem to want to hear about this. And I genuinely do. And the thing is that people seem to listen to it as well. So I don't know that there's just a whole lot of goodness to it. And I've been on a journey with it where I, at one point I was like, I could go get, I could try to get like this real, this, this good get of a guest. And to a certain extent, I'm sure that will happen, but I find so much more value having like somebody like you on and going like, this is, this is great. Cause I know that we'll also stay in touch and all that kind of stuff where you get, a big guest on you have your moment and then they go off and they never, you never chat with them again. That, that never felt very satisfying to me. Some of the, some of the best interviews we've had have been about people that aren't on the podcast, but are in the community, and right? Everything that they do for the community that no one, you might, you probably hear their name in the Patreon call outs, yep. but you know nothing about them and, mm -hmm. and hearing, hearing voices from people and, and, and hearing like their stories and stuff when before all they were was just a name on a call out. It's the best. Is, it's so cool. It's so mm -hmm. interesting because they're all the same as us. The only difference is that we're the, we're the ones that crazily thought that we were going to be like worth sitting in front of a microphone and recording it for an hour and then putting it out there. Yeah. And, and it, it could literally be anyone that does that. And it's no different than what they do. The only difference is, is they're usually like the, the big person back in in the the wings that are making sure that the rest of the show is going on well yeah and exactly it's nice to hear them oh man i'm ready to like go tackle the world i'm so glad that we podcast together man oh, yeah. this is all this is Do all it. really good motivation freaking wednesday here tonight man um i'm gonna close it out here thank you so much for yeah. being on the show man and i have all your stuff in the in the show notes for people to go click and, and follow but thanks well, for thank carving you. out time for me tonight man yeah, for sure. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Again, I can't wait to to hear how people decide to to take this information and, and run with it and what success they, they run into now. Yeah, man. I'm going to hit stop there. Not many people know this about We The Gamer Cast. Some of you know. Some of you have been around for many, many years. But just, I think it was just before Ellie was born. She's now three and a bit. Just before Ellie was born, I kind of got a little overwhelmed with just everything. And I was like, well, obviously the right thing to do at this point is to cancel Weed the GamerCast to shut it down. And it's crazy to think about that. Obviously the show came back and um, at a certain point, Bobby and I, the Nintendo guru, uh, we started a Patreon and one of the goals was to bring back we the gamer cast. I think we were actually called the gamer cast for a little while. And it's like, man, the journey that this show has been on 
for a variety of reasons, whether it's life itself or just me overthinking things or whatever it was. Um, you guys have been with me. Many of you have been with me for a very, very long time, and that is never lost on me. As much as I joke around about things and as much as I try to keep things lighthearted, I am... It, it, it always is on my mind, especially over the last week with the Patreon exceeding over 70 patrons. With that, We've never done this before, you guys. We're, in, we're into uncharted territory. The level of support is absolutely amazing. And I am working on, by the way, thanks to us getting over 69 patrons. Nice. I'm drawing a picture of Ryan Turford riding a moose. And I've... <laughs> I posted in the in the Patreon exclusive area. By the way, did you guys know there's a Patreon exclusive area of the Discord? You can't see it unless you're a patron, and then it kind of appears, and everybody's like, "Ooh, what's over here?" It's like a it's like a hidden room that I just sort of told you about. But now you're going to be searching all over the place. You're going to be like, "Where is this back door? Where's this trap door?" I'll tell you where. It's Patreon.com/slash Yumi Capri, and what you can find in there is I did a little concepting because I didn't know like when I say Ryan Turford riding a moose I'm like okay so like is he in a field somewhere like what kind of moose what how do I even draw Ryan I'm not exactly like an artiste you know I'm not exactly gonna be I'm not I'm not creating anything realistic I'm not gonna have like Ryan sitting on a on a lounger and I'm not gonna draw him like my French girls I don't have any French girls so how can I draw Ryan like my French girls I don't have any I don't think you do either, but in any case, um, go into there so you can find out what that picture is maybe going to look like. And in the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Sean Capri, Sean like Connor Capri like the pants. I love you all. See you guys next time. Okay, bye-bye. Jason! 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 Sean! John, where are you? Jason! 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 Sean! 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 Jason! 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 Jason!